Hello and welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Megan Silas. And I'm Pam Marvin. And we are so glad to have you back with mm-hmm. us this week. Um, we wanted to do another show that was that was focused on what's going on in the world today. And uh, honestly, as we were sitting together, kind of talking about what we were going to discuss before this show, there were so many things that we possibly could discuss that uh, we really are just going to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us on where he wants us to go with the conversation because uh, we don't want to, you know, have a two hour long program right exactly. now. So, um, exactly, but there's just yeah. a lot going on, huh, Pam? Right. And what really stuck out to me is like, where is there the most confusion? Like I can look at my life, we'll look at yours and just the spectrum of what's going on in our country today. Where is the most confusion? Where are people most confused? And you know what? We came up with kind of where we felt the most confusion was. Yeah. And um, because... Obviously, our lives are so very much ordered towards our faith and towards um, trying to glorify God with our lives and live in a way that's um, in accord with his commands. Jesus tells us, if you love uh, love me, you will keep my commandments. So we really want to be faithful to that. And we just see so much confusion in what's going on in the church right now uh, that I think that's really where the Holy Spirit guided us to, to focus our conversation today uh, and that it it involves so many things, you know, it's it's we talked about, oh, we, we could talk about the election. And at this point, you know, it looks like, you know, Biden's going to be the next president. But there's still some argument about that because of, uh, you know, what the contested the, areas, the contested areas the and things like fraud. that. And so we were like, do we want to talk about that? And we're like. No, no. <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it. It It is what it is. And we need to function within it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that we kind of said, no, I don't we want to put that aside. But politics are always going to be somewhat at play when we're talking about uh, how church. We're, <laughs> the church and how we're functioning as a people, because we I think. One of the things that's difficult in this day and age is that you have a whole sort of group of people in power, um, particularly on the left, that are trying to say, you can have your own little religious views as long as you keep them inside the walls of the church and only really ever talk about them there, maybe. Even then, they're not quite sure certain things that are even they want to allow you to speak inside the church. But you certainly can't allow those things to go out into the world. And and that so last week we talked about being integrated within oneself. Right. And one of the challenges of being an integrated human being in this day and age is living out your faith in the world in a way that's consistent. Yes, yes. And I think that word consistency is what we're really struggling with as a church in this day and age. Right. And Megan, one of the things that's come up time and again with some people I speak to that are really agonizing over the state of the church right now and in the world and with there being so much darkness and confusion right now is there's a real simple thing I say, which hopefully this will be kind of like a starting point And then we'll kind of back. This is, of course, the simple way to say it is I'm saying, keep focused on Christ. Look at him and who he is and in the person and what he taught. Keep focused on Jesus. 
Yes, absolutely. But here's a problem. Over the last, I don't know, maybe 50 years or, or so, there's been so much effort to change the picture of who Jesus Christ is. So now I think there's even a lot of confusion in that. Who was Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? Is. What did he teach? You know, those questions now can be up for grabs a little bit, such that, you know, I'll bring to bear, you know, a very controversial figure in the church right now, uh, Father James Martin, who tweeted not too long ago regarding um, Scripture well, how do we even know that Jesus actually said that? He said that regarding statements in the Bible that Jesus are attributed to him. Now, as soon as you start questioning the authenticity, the veracity, the Holy Spirit inspiredness of Holy Scripture, we're down a path that's very, very dangerous Indeed. But you know what I'm seeing right there, too, though, Megan, um, that makes it really clear for me in some instances is whenever someone uh, starts to shroud things in what we say, just confusion mm -hmm. to stir up this cloud where it's, it's not as clear, it's more gray, it's not as black and white. I don't know about you, but in Scripture, Jesus was pretty black and white, and we need that as humans because we won't get the message unless we are seeing things more black and white. So anything that sows a lot of confusion to me is not of God. Absolutely. So maybe these are the three C's for today that we're struggling with. Consistency, confusion, and clarity. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. So those are the things. And so... Um, one of the difficulties right now that we've got going on, um, when it, I think this falls under uh, all of these, really, uh, is that issue of the civil unions thing that came out with that um, documentary that was about Pope Francis. And it's been a little bit of time since that came out, you know, maybe what, a couple of weeks now. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's good. I actually am glad that we're talking about it when there's been some time to yeah, process the dust it. Yeah, kind settled a right, little bit. Exactly. Right, exactly. To, to settle, to, to get some, there's some attempts at some clarification about what exactly happened in, in that um, documentary. And for those who don't know, this documentary was made... Um, with Pope Francis's approval and and for open involvement, uh, but there was definitely some editing that happened that made it like maybe appear a little more controversial than it actually was. But that can't set aside the fact that there was a actual statement that is controversial, which is a support for the idea of legal protections for civil unions between homosexual people. And this is something that hasn't been denied by the Vatican or by Pope Francis hasn't even come out at all with any a clarification, additional information personally, which is another thing that is a, it's problematic. It, it's a problematic. It's, it's a difficulty that I think um, we're all struggling with as a church to want to hear more clearly from our shepherd, uh, our chief shepherd, uh, Pope Francis, when there are areas of confusion that come out. We want 
more clarity, and that's something that he seems to be reticent to um, to do in a very direct manner. But as it relates to civil unions, um, I also have read an article written by uh, one of the bishops in Argentina who talks about the fact that this topic of civil unions was brought up in their bishop conference back in the time when um, Pope Francis was, uh, you know, Bergoglio, Bergoglio and, yeah. and an archbishop of Buenos Aires. And he did support civil unions back then. It was not agreed to by the bishops' conference in Argentina. So, but this is a consistent view that he's held. And so it's something that is causing a lot of confusion. And I think that we had hoped that we had clarity on this already that in the past because um, St. John Paul II wrote very clearly in the past about this, saying that um, we could not support the idea of civil unions as sort of a de facto secular marriage, quote unquote, um, because even if that's not what the church would see it as, that is what society would per perceive it as. And that is an issue where you, if you look like you're giving a... Um, a blessing of some sort, or at least an agreement that that is an appropriate way to live one's life, uh, that's going to really impact your witness in the world on this area. Right. Yeah, the prudence, I think, is is really something that we can, you know, we, you started talking about, it's good that time has settled a little bit after this topic. So the prudence aspect of Anything that we discuss is so beautiful. Like I'm always re reminded of um, Sister Raffaella telling us that prudence is the charioteer of all virtue. And so for sure we need to sit back and just be more prudent. And, and sometimes I, I dare say that, that our bishops have not been quite as prudent as they should in some of their announcements. Yes. And I understand that there is always this um, desire within the heart of a Christian to be loving and show mercy. Like yes. this must be a part of who we are as Christians. Of course. The problem is, is when we equate mercy and love with making somebody feel good in a moment or in a particular issue. And it's never mercy or love when we are standing in sort of tacit approval of something that scripture has told us very clearly is sinful and that the magisterium of the Catholic church has always held to be disordered. Yes. Yes. I really see this is kind of a function. I mean, I'm looking at my own life and over time, how this, this gray area comes in, Megan. And the reason we see this so much is because we have so many people that we love and adore that are homosexual, um, that, that do experience the same sex attraction and we love them you know, so greatly and we want their goodness and their happiness. Um, but we can't let that be just a free for all in what they want on based on their passions. We have to do what's healthy for them according to scripture. Cause God knows he knows what's best for the human person. And this life is difficult and it is trying um, and that's most of what life is about. Remember, we're not made for this world, but the next. 
Right. And, you know, as far as legal protections about things, you know, it is very doable to set up powers of attorney, put things in wills, you know, make your desires known. If, like if I had, you know, say a very, very close friend who wasn't a relative who, you know, had been traveling with me in life, you know, and it was really important to me and I wanted to give that person some kind of uh, rights or things in my life, I can do that. Like it doesn't require a special civil union moniker to put these legal protections in place. Right. You could do that with just say a roommate, you know, if yeah, you and I decide to be old maids together, we could give each other power of attorney right, and being exactly. able to share those access and be um, next of kin kind of thing. Right. right? We can do right. that. So it seems a little disingenuous to me to say we need a civil union law when those protections can be done in other ways for any relationship that you desire to put some power in the per hands of another person. So it it's, seems very clear to me that when you come down to civil unions, it really is about putting um, a blessing on same-sex unions that are being lived out in a way that's contrary to the Catholic faith. And so that's why it's such a difficulty for me to hear Pope Francis being supportive of this. And I wanted to share a story with you, Pam, that happened recently. I've been so blessed recently to um, be growing in friendship with someone who's an evangelical Christian. And we are just really enjoying sharing our love for Christ and just talking about in, in truth and honesty and humility, um, a lot of different things about the, you know, our faith and, and how we see scripture and, you know, she's more than happy to talk about things that are in the Catholic faith that she doesn't believe. And I'm more than happy to talk to her about these areas of disagreement and we're just seeking truth together. Right. And it's just been great, beautiful, loving it. And so um, this Monday was the first time we had gotten together after this um, issue of the civil unions uh, thing came up in the news. And she, um, when we started our conversation, she's like, you know, Megan, I, I just really want to talk to you about something that's been on my heart. She said, I was going to text you about it, but then I realized, you know, though this is more of a face-to-face -face conversation. And that right there is a beautiful example of how to function well in friendship, mm -hmm. to understand that there are things that could be difficult to talk about that could be sensitive and to say, I'm going to have patience, wait until an appropriate time when I can talk to a person face to face yes, in yes. their presence in a way that can be um connecting and consoling you mean and like everything shoulder to shoulder exactly yeah. right so so i was on i appreciated the way yes, she did that sure. um, but she said you know i just really want to talk to you about this thing with the civil unions and the pope because she said i have to be honest i was really disappointed she she said i really respected the catholic church position on this and this seems to be walking that back and can you explain to me this situation? She said, because I have a number of Catholic friends who just behave, who say that, you know, basically the Pope's infallible and whatever he says goes. And so is, is this changing the, what the church teaches and everything? So it opened up a really 
lovely opportunity for me to witness to her about the teachings of the church regarding papal infallibility and where it applies and where it doesn't. And if you're listening to this right now and you not sure about the answer to that question, I would encourage you to research that. I don't think this is going to be a show about the teachings of papal infallibility, but every Catholic should understand the structure of the church, the teaching authority of the magisterium and the Pope and where that applies, because it's very important and it's very applicable to this day and age and also to how we relate to Protestants. Ex catheter. So that's a part of it as well. If he's right. Speaking absolutely. Ex catheter. We want right. to look that up too. Yeah. So look that up. But so it was, it opened up an opportunity for dialogue and discussion. And after we were done, she said, I'm so, and I did actually say, you know, please understand that throughout history, there have been bad popes, like popes that have done really bad things, have said things that were completely wrong. But because of God's protection of his church, that hasn't made its way into the magisterial teachings. Mm -hmm. You know, praise be to God. Thank you for that protection. And so she said, I'm so happy to know this, to understand this. And, you know, it makes me feel a lot better. But the way I ended this conversation, I think, is something that we as Catholics need to be doing ourselves, but also be humble enough to ask others to do. I said to her, can you please pray for my church? Yes. That the Catholic Church is under attack from the enemy. It's very clear that it seems like everywhere we turn, there's just like a new thing. Pope saying this, uh, you know, McCarrick report, the issues with Biden and his policies and how they contradict the teachings of the church and this, that, and, and, and financial uh, scandals in England, all this Not sort of stuff. Not to mention McCarrick report. Yeah, exactly. All these things. Clearly, the church is under attack. And so I asked her, could you please pray for my church? Because the reality is this, whether someone is Catholic or not, any Christian should be concerned about the Catholic Church because there is no arguing that the Catholic Church is the most visible and largest Christian entity in the world. And the way the world perceives Christianity is very much filtered through the lens of the Catholic Church. Our lens needs to be clear. It needs to be focused. It needs to bring things into clarity. That's right. We have a dirty, foggy lens right now that is creating a situation where people cannot look to the church and trust that she is leading in a way that's clear. I want to take it back to those words you just said before is the confusion. So we're going to unpack that. You see the confusions that's been sown, but now we're going to talk about the consistency of Jesus teaching through the catechism that will lead to this clarity. So that's kind of the path we're going on for this one. So everyone knows we've talked about the confusion that's been sown. So let's talk a little bit about the consistency of the teachings of Jesus through the catechism of the Catholic church. Absolutely. Because that's one of the beautiful things about the Catholic church, right? We're not some, uh, you know, nebulous organization where you don't really know what they believe and teach. Like if you want to know what the church teaches, 
It's in a book. Right. And the thing that's cool about that right now, Megan, is even though we're hearing these things in the news and it's causing this confusion, um, I have one on both my bookshelves, <laughs> catechism, because you can never have too many because you need to give one away. Um, and to go to that book and say, what does the church teach on that? As you understand that that book is sitting on your shelf, it is not changed. And that is still the teachings of the church. And that is consistent through time. So when these kind of topics come up and you're feeling some confusion slipping in, go get that book off your shelf and look at the topic. You know, I always love to go back to that uh, memory I had of this was one of the tools that Jesus used to bring me into the church because as I was researching good and solid teachings on like just war, it had such a great reference. Well, it has almost everything in there for us. If you're confused about a certain thing and you want some clarity, if you want to see the consistency that's been handed down through the ages, go pick up your catechism. And the catechism's been pretty clear on what they teach on homosexuals. Right. It really has. And the reason it can be so clear is because Scripture is clear. And that's the thing we always need to remember. The Catechism of the Catholic Church is not something that we just pulled out of the ether uh, over time as doctrine developed. No. If you read the Catechism, you will see that things are based in Scripture, what we have learned by the God-breathed word that has come to us through Scripture and through sacred tradition. So, like, for example, if we look at um, the Catechism and read number 2357 as it relates to homosexuality— I'll just read the first little, that, that part. It says, homosexuality refers to relations between men or between women who experience an exclusive or predominant sexual attraction toward persons of the same sex. It's taken a great variety of forms through the centuries and in different cultures. Its psychological genesis remains largely unexplained. Basing itself on sacred scripture, which presents homosexual acts as acts of grave depravity. And now there are references Reference, Genesis 19, 1 through 29, Romans 1, 24 through 27, 1 Corinthians 6, 10, 1 Timothy 1, 10. So again, rooted in scripture, confirmed by the magisterium of the church. Tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine, genuine, effective and sexual complementarity. And under no circumstances can they be approved. That is the teaching of our faith. (laughs) That has not changed and has been consistent. Right. But the important thing to remember is that it goes on to say Every sign of unjust discrimination should be avoided. Absolutely. We are called to love. We are called to accompany. Mm. And what it goes on then again to say is just as heterosexuals are called to chastity, no sex outside of marriage that has been sacramental and through the gift of the church and through 
you know, a free gift of each other. That is where the sexual union has its place. Same for the homosexuals. So by virtue of self-mastery, they, that teaches them inner freedom at times by the support of friendship. Mm-hmm. By prayer and sacramental grace, they can gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection. Because that's right. what we're all ordered towards, right? And so the walk of Christian per- perfection, how we go towards that, how we work towards that through the asking of God's grace to enter into our lives, it's going to look different for every person. And there's going to be a particular challenge for somebody who has a same-sex attraction where they're going to have to ask for grace in the area of chastity in a different way, perhaps, than somebody who can live out their impulses uh through marriage, yes, their sexual impulses through marriage in an ordered way. But there's a lot of things that are still closed to you as a heterosexual person as it relates to living out your sexuality. So there's always going to be limits. The limits may be a little different. Right. And, and you know, I want to just mention something that was a very beautiful eye-opener for me that was the documentary done called Desire of the Everlasting Hills. Oh, it's a great documentary. It's yes. a great documentary. And Each one of those um, people will tell you, this is my story. Um, This is how I came to the thought about uh, how to live my life as a Catholic and a same-sex attracted homosexual person. And you can find it at their website, just Desire of the Everlasting Hills. But it was a very beautiful eye-opener. And it it made my heart wrench because it is a a cross. It is definitely Mm -hmm. a cross to bear. And we should be very very aware and, and uh, sensitive to that as well. And, but at the same time, very um, supportive and clear. And, mm-hmm. and see what this does is for those folks say from that um, documentary who are basically people who have same sex attraction, it's persistent same sex attraction, but they have discovered the truth of the teachings of the Catholic church and are striving to live in chastity, according to her teachings. When this confusion comes in, it makes that goal of striving towards this all the harder because then there's not this focus and clarity that says this is the way, the path to follow. In fact, there's a, a very outspoken um, um, man, Joseph Schiambra, his name is, who has just been, God bless him, so made himself so vulnerable and willing to share so much about his life as a homosexual and how difficult uh, that life was and having come out of it and, and the the impact of it that still haunts him now. He believe, I believe he has a podcast in addition to uh, a website and a blog and things. But when this whole thing came out with Pope Francis and the, in the civil union situation, he felt very betrayed because he's striving, he's working so hard to live in a way that's according to the teachings of the Christian faith right. as laid out in scripture and seconded by the magisterial teachings of the church throughout all time. And then to have this come out, it's almost like a slap in the face that says sure. all this yeah. thing that you've been working for, all this striving, all this difficulty, suffering for the, for the truth of the gospel— it's like, 
it's almost like, what, well, why did I even bother doing that if that's the way you feel? That I can just go ahead and get a civil union and live with my boyfriend and be fine. So we can't lose sight of the impact that this has on those beautiful, wonderful people like the people who are involved in Courage, who are striving to live up to this standard that, yes, is very high and hard. And they need our support and they need our encouragement, not our confusion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is such a shame to see that kind of, you know, the way proverbial saying, throwing some shade on a situation, right. <laughs> making it confused again. So again, wherever there is confusion being reaped in the world, let that be just a red flag to you to sit back and use some prudence Look at what the teachings of the church are from what Jesus had said through the catechism, and it will bring much more clarity. That's just really been a litmus test for me, Megan, is also that you will know them by their fruits, the fruits of goodness or the fruits of of violence and evil. So you know them by their fruits. Right. And I also would say that um, as you're looking at the circumstances and you're feeling in, in any certain circumstance, maybe it's with a family member who's same-sex attracted, or maybe it's just in a public setting where everybody around you is would look at you as a hater because you uphold the teachings of the church regarding um, same-sex attraction and homosexuality. Ask yourself this question if you're being quiet or if you are affirming somebody in the sense of, well... I want you to be free to love who you love in the way that you want to love them. Like if you're acquiescing to this, the question we have to ask ourselves is who are we really trying to make comfortable here? Are we really trying to love the person? If we truly believe that, that what the Catholic church teaches, what the catechism states clearly, what scripture states clearly is true. If we truly believe that these acts are not healthy and holy, that they will lead someone into sin and despair that comes with sin and confusion and hurt and pain because they're not ordered towards God's will. If we truly believe that and then we are silent about it or actually supportive of it, the person I would say that we are trying to minister to is our own (laughs) sense of comfort and not the good of the other. And that listeners is not love for others. That is self love that is disordered. Amen. You said that so well, Megan, just going to rest in that for a minute. That was really beautifully put. It's always the check that, that we have to have on ourselves in any circumstance that's difficult. That's hard to say what's truth. The question becomes, do I really believe it's true? These things that my church teaches, that my Bible says, that my God has told me to be true. Mm. Do I really believe they're true? And if the answer to that is yes, if you're not willing to stand up for those truths, then the question becomes, who am I serving? That's right. Who am I loving in this moment? Mm, This reminds me of the podcast we did on moral courage. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, you can go back and look at moral courage too, because this is what that we're talking about today, which is needed more and more. 
we've gotten too complacent on just wanting um, to be overly uh, sensitive to people's feelings when, you know, the facts, what, what do they say? The facts don't care about your feelings, right? And these are the facts. And sometimes we need to be pushed out of our comfort zones to do the right, healthy, good thing according to God's design. And the loving thing, because mm. in the end, to stand up for truth, to lead someone towards truth is to lead someone towards Christ because he is the way, the truth and the life. And if you come and say, he is there for you, I acknowledge that this is hard to live a chaste life is hard. And I will say, yes, it is harder if you're same sex attracted mm. because the door to marriage isn't open to you. If you can't move out of those, you know, preferences, but to trust the Lord, to trust that he will be with you, that he will give you love that will be fulfilling and will be joyful and will bring peace into your life. If you can trust him, then the grace that he wants to give you to travel through that circumstances, it's there. It's waiting for you, and all it needs is your yes. Mm -hmm. And so we need to help people Encourage. say that yes, mm -hmm. understand the goodness of the Lord, understand that he is there. He's for you. He is for you. You who he created, you who have certain circumstances that may be difficult, this is a particular one. Other people have different ones, different, you know, people struggle with anger. People struggle with unforgiveness. People struggle with addictions. There is a whole host of things that we struggle with in life, but we aren't called to surrender to those things. We're called to surrender to Jesus Christ and trust yes. in his grace and goodness. Yes. And so as we travel in this as a church, we need to continue to support each other in proclaiming the truths of our church, we need to be bold to tell our bishops, we want clarity. We want fortitude in these teachings. Amen. The laity is not off the hook when the bishops aren't leading in a way that's clear. We need to double down. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to be their support. And to trust that the Lord will use us to bring them towards the leadership that he calls them to. Absolutely, Megan. And I want to like come back around okay. to that story that I told about my friend who's evangelical, who I asked for prayers. So just yesterday I texted her right before mass and I said, you know, I'm, I'm about to have, you know, go into mass and I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. Um, and I'm bringing your intentions to the altar of the Lord today. And she got back to me and she said, thank you so much for your prayers. I so appreciate us, you know, traveling this Christian path together. And I want you to know that my, when my running partner and I were out running today, we prayed for the Catholic church wow, and the Pope. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that that's beautiful? beautiful? Yes. That's ecumenism. Yes. That is what God's calling us to, to be in love with him and to love each other through our prayers for each other. And so, you know, 
ask your friends to pray for the Catholic Church. Pray for the Catholic Church yourself. Pray for the bishops. Pray for the Pope. Love the Pope, even if he's driving you crazy. Pray for him. Pray for him. So Sacrifice much good in that. for him. Absolutely. Because, you know, do I think that what he said and his apparent beliefs on this topic are wrong? Straight up. Yeah, I think they're wrong. But guess what? Peter was wrong to deny Jesus on the way to the cross. But he came around. And Pope Francis, you know, I don't know what God work God's working in his right. life. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is about in that, but I trust that he's about his business and may his will be done. Amen. So anything else you wish? No, I think that it's really, uh, really kind of put a bow on it would just say, you know, folks, when it comes to these issues that are so uncertain, go right back to some consistency and you'll find that consistency in the catechism, which will offer you that clarity and return that peace of heart and always stay focused on Jesus through the scriptures and through the catechism. Amen. Well, thank you so much for walking with us today, shoulder to shoulder, as we try to navigate these difficult times within the Catholic Church. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Yes. And we're just so grateful for y'all listening. And I would ask that if you uh, ever have any show topics that you're interested in hearing us discuss, please do connect with us. Um, We have a Facebook page, Shoulder, the number two, Shoulder, and you can message us on that. You can also uh, contact us on email. Yes. Our email is, I believe, the same, Shoulder2, number Shoulder, at RedSeaRadio.org. Yes. And uh, so we'd love to hear from y'all. In fact, um, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be doing a couple show topics that were brought to us as uh, recommendations from listeners. So we'll look forward to doing that. So uh, I hope that you've been blessed by our conversation today. And we certainly are blessed uh, of your willingness to come and, and listen to us and, and walk this life shoulder to shoulder with us. So until the next show, God bless.